All right, so we've got him for a few minutes. Uh, well, he's in, I'm excited about our guest today. Super excited. We got a returner and a, and a newer uh, that's going to be on. Um, the vocabulary lessons are free today, by the way. Uh, but Jerry, you are you are coming to us remote. You are on the road. Do you want to tell everybody where you're at? I am on the road. I'm in Phoenix. It's going to be about 110 degrees out here. Um, and uh, HR.com is putting on a conference that's primarily focused on talent acquisition. A lot of the uh, usual suspects are here that we know, uh, which is always fun. And um, and probably a couple hundred um, folks who are going to come and enjoy uh, the learning. It's good stuff. That, and that's and I love that. And I couldn't be there. I had some stuff at home uh, that kept me home this trip. So I was supposed to be. I am jealous of for those who weren't dialed in earlier. I missed the dinner. They missed the dinner conversation. So I'm quite jealous of what Jerry had for dinner last night. But Jerry, you've also got um, you got another aspect that I'm a little jealous of. You got roundtables going on today. Yeah. Yeah, there's um, there's a whole series of roundtables in the middle of the conversation, and um, there's three or four different times when those roundtables will be filled by facilitators and uh, hopefully attendees. So uh, right. it'll be enjoyable and uh, hopefully a lot of interesting learning. Yeah, looking forward to the output. We got some members there, and of course Jerry's facilitating some of those tables, so you will get a real output. We won't chat GPT it. You'll get some some real details. Good stuff. All right. Well, are we, are we ready to get started? I can't tell you how long Jerry's going to be on the show, but but hang with us. <laughs> oh, he's out. He's out. <laughs> there he goes. All right. Well, let's get started. You two ready? Yeah. All right. Let's go. Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of uh, Recruiting Community. I'm Chris Hoyt, your host for the next 20 minutes or so. Uh, we have two guests today with a topic that I just love to talk about. So I'm, I'm going to keep the intro piece a little bit shy, uh, a little bit short, and just remind you, cxr.work slash podcast. It's all of these, these uh, current uh, and previous events. You're also going to see what we have uh, up ahead from a podcast perspective. I'm also going to remind you we are live streaming on a couple of different channels. We've got Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, I think YouTube as well. If you see a chat box, uh, you can join us and ask questions or chime in. If you are so inclined, even just say hello, uh, you can put your LinkedIn profile in there. Uh, and be sure to connect with other folks who are on, who uh, who may be listening or dialed in as well. But again, if you can't catch the whole thing, if your treadmill workout ends before we do, uh, don't feel bad. You can always go back to the website and grab the rest of that. Uh, so with that, I do want to jump right in because we've got a kind of an interesting concept today about uh, employment brand and employee experience. And this is a fun topic. I want to welcome back. First, we'll do it one at a time and do a quick intro. Susan Lamont, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me back, Chris. Great to see you. Great to have you. Uh, so before we introduce your partner in crime today, uh, do you want to give everybody just kind of a quick escalator pitch on who you are and why the heck should we be listening to what you say today? Yeah, for sure. So hi, everybody. I'm Susan Lamott. I'm the founder and CEO of Exactlio. We are an employer brand and experience consulting firm. And we sit at the intersection of where business meets behavior. So if you're looking to focus on the future, and you're tired of doing the same old thing, we're the, the right partner for you. And that's part of our conversation today is 
what's coming next. Good stuff. And I want to remind everybody too, thanks for reminding me, Susan, it's, it is a good call out uh, that this is not a quid pro quo uh, pay to play. We have Susan and her uh, cohort today on because, and Shannon, because we, we actually appreciate what they have to say. We appreciate the work that they do. We think it's cool and it deserves some more eyeballs. So it's a good call out there. Uh, and we're going to invite in, here we go. Let's flip that switch. There she is, Shannon. Let's put you on the top there, Shannon. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. So it is your turn in the spotlight. Uh, so we're going to give you full screen here. Why don't you give everybody sort of the pitch and a little bit of background uh, on, you know, where you came from before you were at Exequio and, and what exactly that you do, Shannon? Sure. So happy to. Um, my name is Shannon Snedstad, and I lead the experience practice at Exequio. I've worked in talent acquisition, employer brand, and employee communications for nearly 25 years. Um, I spent more than a decade at Geico and helped build Geico's first ever employer brand, um, then went and got global experience at CEB, which is now part of Gartner, before coming over to work at Exacquio in a consulting capacity. So I wanted to, to take my in-house experience and um, take that and, and sort of scale it and start to help clients and uh, leaders and organizations all over the world think about their own employee experience mm -hmm. and how we can market and communicate it in order to attract talent who will thrive inside their unique organizations. So it's a little bit about me and a little bit about what I do. I love that. So I'm going to play. Oh, we got somebody says hello here. Uh, let's see if we can put that on the screen. Gabby, thanks for joining in from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, so we're happy to have you. So feel free again if you're if you're watching us live and there's a chat box, uh, not just to say hi, but if you've got questions for these two, don't waste it. There's a great chance here uh, for you to go to jump in and ask these two because I got to tell you they're pretty smart and they've got an interesting topics. So I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate uh, for you both. Uh, I, having been an employer brand uh, professional, uh, you know, I, I have a somewhat of an understanding of, of putting together an EVP, right? That co-promise and, and really sort of setting the stage for what you want your, your candidates to think of the organization. Uh, so, so let's start there and, and just, I'll ask Shannon, I'll, I'll ask you cause you went last, uh, on the intro, but when, when we say, if I, if my organization is to come to you and say, we, we just need you to slap together an EVP for us. Uh, here, here's what we want folks to think of the organization. And here's here's kind of where we see ourselves in five years. How long does that take you to put together? <laughs> so in true consulting, the answer is it depends, right? So, um, and, and slapping it together is, um, gosh, that just like makes me itch. <laughs> um, so I think it depends on the size of the organization. What what are the challenges? What is it that we're hoping that the EVP is going to help us solve? And really getting at what is it that we're really trying to do? Um, what is it that we're really trying to solve for? And when we think about EVP or when a, cl a client comes to us, we're actually thinking at exactly beyond EVP. Mm -hmm. Really, what is the relationship that people have with your organization? What is the relationship we want employees and candidates to have with the organization? And then starting with the insight. So some of our um, clients or potential clients come to us and they want really deep insights because they view the employer brand work not just as a, can you slap this together mm -hmm. talent attraction campaign, but they're viewing it much more of this is our strategic talent strategy, our strategic platform. And we see this as an opportunity to transform the people experience, 
not just putting something out in the market to continue to you know get at volume as an example. So I think there's a bigger conversation that we have to really understand where is the organization, what's prompting the challenge, what's prompting change, why do they see their, themselves someplace in five years? Um, I would have a lot of questions before I said, this is how long it's going to take us to yeah. pull a, to slap it together for you. <laughs> so can you level set a little bit when you say um, people experience, mm -hmm. right? To, to, what, what does that mean to you? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's I'll share. And then, Susan, please feel free. The people experiences, it's all of the ways. And so let me hit pause. So one of the things when I'm talking to my team, it's what do we want people to know, feel, and do? So when you're a candidate, from the first time someone learns about your organization, what do we want them to know, feel, and do? How do we engage all of the different senses? What are the things that they see? What do they hear about us? What do they know about us? What, is, what are all of the ways that we're communicating from that whole candidate, you know, from understanding, awareness, you've applied? And then that employee experience, what do we want to continue to educate our employees on what do we want them to know feel and do across the entire experience from new hire and just building that relationship with our organization just building that relationship with their team to now i've been here a while i'm tenured yeah. i'm growing my career through if i transition inside or outside so it's all of the the no feel and do across the entire experience that we're having from candidate to employee or from you know hire to retire yeah, I love it's like the soup to nuts, uh, right? Delivery there. I love the I love the full picture, uh, and not just sort of compartmentalizing that piece. Susan, would you would you add anything to that? The only thing I'd add is I was listening to Gretchen Rubin. She was on uh, Duck Shepherd's Armchair Expert podcast the other day. I love that show. And love if you don't know, show. I do too. He's he's amazing. He has the best guests. And Gretchen Rubin is famous for her research into happiness. And she wrote The Happiness Project. And her most recent book is about uncovering happiness using your senses. Hmm. And to me, this is what gets at the core of the people experience. Because think about your spouse, your partner, your friend at happy hour who's so frustrated hmm. in their job. It's all rooted in their senses, right? They were either told something that made them feel terrible. They saw something that made them feel terrible right? Or their physical experience. Maybe they were forced to endure the hour-long commute to go into the office just to stare at Zoom all day long, right? So that to me is people experience. And it's also the difference between slapping together an EVP, right? And this idea of like, let's just put content out there and tell people to come work for us yeah. to really strategically stopping and saying, what kind of experience do people have right now? Right? We can uncover that through research. And what experience do we want them to have? The, that kind of strategy, that's what's going to move your career as a recruiting leader or an employer, employer brand leader. Building a campaign, slapping something together, that's not going to move the dial for you. So what I, what I hear you saying is it's not, it's not necessarily just about getting uh, uh, some budget allocated and then finding an agency or finding a partner to come in and build something up. But it, it, there's some homework that has to be done. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's quite a bit of homework and we often will have clients will come to us and say, how do we get started? A lot of it is understanding where your leaders are. If you have leaders who are less sophisticated and their mm -hmm. idea of an EVP is creative and that's all it is, or they think an EVP is what they want the experience to be, not, not what it actually is, then you've got some work to do because otherwise you're going to rush through something, you're going to go to market and it's going to be a, a flash in the pan 
as opposed to real strategy that's actually going to change the business. And that's what we all want, right, from our careers. Shannon, I, our whole team's been in-house. That's our goal is to help our clients have that same perspective of don't just check the box and do another project here. You're actually doing transformative work that can change the business and then as a corollary, you know, change your own career too. So have, have either of you, and Shannon, I'll love it too, have, have either of you ever seen, um, even before you were on the consulting side, Shannon, but have either of you ever seen something where uh, an organization asked for a refresh or asked for a delivery? And as you were uncovering, right, you're doing your initial research, have you seen where the, the data is coming in and doesn't align necessarily with the vision or that push that, that the client wanted or that the, the organizational leaders wanted? Like they've got a vision of their employer brand or their messaging that maybe doesn't align with what's happening in the organization. You don't have to out anybody. <laughs> um, so, um, yes. And I would say that um, in our when we're doing research, we do a lot of candidate and employee research. And so one of, I would say, one of the top five reasons many people often choose an, an organization to work at is for career potential. Yeah. So, and that's something we see a lot of companies selling, come here, grow your career, right? But then when you actually start to pull back the layers and have those conversations with employees, you might actually find that for some places or some pockets, that might be true, but for other pockets, mm -hmm. there might be obstacles in, in the way. Um, so I'm thinking about you know, a recent uh, engagement that we were in, really unpacking and understanding at a very deep level, globally, the employee experience. And what we uncovered is that new hires were picking this organization because of the career potential. But then when they got in, they didn't know how to actually navigate that. Yeah. And so it became um, this, you can have it because we heard from tenured employees absolutely you can grow your career but there was sort of this like gap with the new hires of like i don't know how to can someone point me in the right direction and so part of that solution or recommendation at the back end of the work is well how do we create a new hire toolkit what is the what do we want people to know what do we want them to feel what do we want them to do as a new hire so that they can realize their potential and realize that career growth so i think it, it can manifest itself in different ways um, and sometimes it's true for some pockets of populations and not for others. And then the organization or as people leaders, we have to say, okay, if this is not happening, if this is how we want to show up and this is the promise we want to make to our people, then we have to remove those obstacles. So it's true. Yeah. And I, you know, so I'll, I'll piggyback on that and I'll take a bullet of my own. So when I was a practicing employment brand leader, I did exactly that, Shannon. So one of one of the hardest lessons I ever learned was I forgot the internal candidate. So if you're pitching this, you know, this wonderful story about how how fantastic it is in this organization, come join us, at, right? And the possibilities will be unlimited. Yeah. Uh, and then when people get in and they're like, I'm really not seeing all of these things that you're talking about. I'm in, and now I'm, I'm kind of feeling. I imagine I'm, I'm feeling kind of stuck. Uh, and that was a that was a hard lesson for me to learn. And to hear you say that also, I imagine it is still pretty prevalent in the space. It's yeah. just it's such an easy thing to, to, to miss in, in that spot. 
Yeah. I think too, when we talk about like people experience and the whole point of people experience, it's why there's so much confusion in our space, right? I see Carrie Noon is listening in, so she'll smile when I say this because she's been um, doing this as long as Shannon and I have. The There's this confusion that recruitment marketing and employer brand are the same thing and they're not, right? Recruitment marketing is that campaign. It's that act of marketing to candidates and attracting new, you know, new faces, new talent, et cetera. Employer brand is branding and marketing the entirety of the employment experience. So that's where as employer brand leaders, where the future has to be, it has to be focused on the whole experience because ultimately, right, you want to cycle talent through. And then if people do leave, that's okay. But when they leave, you want them to be talking about the experience that they had and you want that to be consistent. The biggest area we also see, I think, a miss there is in diversity, right? It's showcasing how diverse you are as an organization and then someone gets in and in their team, there's no diversity at all or in their department or they don't see any diversity at the C-suite. And so part of it is just being authentic. It's not saying that you can only focus on where you are now, but at least tell the journey of where you're headed and be honest about that journey, right? So if you're on a journey of change, be honest about that and say, hey, come be a part of the change rather than come join our super diverse company and then you get there and it's not diverse at all right that's all part of having an honest experience what so why do you think so we've all all three of us have been practitioners Mm -hmm. uh right so and for a number of years so why do you think we and and our colleagues uh why do you think we forget the internal or we prioritize the external or why is it so much easier do you think i'd love to hear your opinions on this on why we can get millions of dollars to launch an external piece and, and internally, that employee experience, we kind of get what's out of the box, right? We don't really get a big budget for that piece. Is it, and I'm going to take the lazy route. Is it, is it just because it's sexier to build something brand new externally that everybody's going to see? I mean, I feel like we kind of, the, the employees get relegated to just whatever's right out of the box when we plug yeah. in. This. I mean, I think from where I sit, the problem is internal. It's functional. When mm. employer brand sits at a really low level, at a manager level and reports into seven layers of TA, then that's going to be their remit. And that's where they're going to focus. And your HR leaders don't see the strategic value of branding and marketing the employment experience like a CMO sees the value of branding and marketing the entire customer experience. So I look at the functional side of it. Shannon, what do you think? Yeah, I'm just... I'm picturing this work that we recently did for a client where we were sharing back all of the insights. And when we're doing our insights to build an employer brand, we share um, the attractors, things that reasons people come and and they stay, the realities, what it's like to work there, and then also obstacles or detractors, reasons people might leave. And then we share um, kind of a, a view of here are the things to amplify in order to bring in talent that are the the a balance between your attractors and your realities. But then there's this address column of like, here are the things internally that are getting in the way. And I think it's just harder. I think it's harder for leaders to get their leadership teams to agree um, to wanting to make change. And it's a real hard look in the mirror of like, here's what our people are saying. If you're, if a leader's open enough to really hear what people are saying, their people are saying, and you listen, um, I think that is a step in the right direction. And that's a huge obstacle for a lot of companies to overcome is just yeah. being willing and vulnerable to hearing it. 
But then when you have that in front of you, I think it's maybe it's easier to say, let's talk about and sell the good stuff externally and just get more new people in. And it's just harder to do the transformation internally. I think you're spot on. And Mm -hmm. I also think it's, it's a lot easier for me to tell you why I'll make a great partner than it is for me to tell you what you may struggle with about me. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if you're, if you're still, if you got a live chat with you in view, tell us if your company's marketing any of the awards. Is, is your company embracing some of the tough things mm-hmm. at your organization that can help you attract the right the right candidates? And I'll just I'll I'll just double down on that for, for two seconds. If a 40 hour work week is rare at your organization, are you embracing telling the the front the front folks, right? The the candidates? Are you embracing telling them that we'd like to tell you you're gonna work 40 hours a week? 50 is kind of the norm around here. Like it, we go all in, we also, we play hard, but rest assured we work hard too, right? You can balance that message, but is, is your organization doubling down on what, what might actually push out a few candidates, push away a few candidates? Are you, Susan, I'll, I'll lob it back over to you. Are you seeing organizations do more of this? Cause that, I know that was almost unheard of five, 10 years ago. You don't, you wouldn't talk about Yeah, it. we're starting. It's so true. We're starting to see it and we're starting to see leaders see the value. They're just scared. They're scared to be honest, right? It's like the first date. You're not going to go on the first date and tell, you know, somebody you just met something terrible about yourself, but it's better to allow people to self-select out early on because then you don't waste any of that money in the journey itself, right? Um, Two examples I'll share. One is we're working with a a tech client right now who is growing, um, private equity owned, and one of their biggest challenges is they're going through an incredible amount of change. So as we're working with them to build out their culture and their employer brand, the biggest, you know, the biggest thing we're talking about is how do you embrace that change? Because you need people who thrive on change right now. You might not need it forever. But right now, that's what you need. Another, I think, more tactical example is we did work with a frozen food manufacturer. And I I live in Charleston, South Carolina. I hate cold weather. Um, That's why I live here most of the year. But so I could never work for a frozen food manufacturer. The plant is 32 degrees. So in the job descriptions, we made really simple guidance, like lead with that, right? Don't bury the lead. Because if you have people that hate that, or maybe they have a medical issue, right? Of which they can't be in the cold all day long. Lead with that. So right away, people know, oh, I I know you make frozen food, but I never really thought that actually the factory is going to be cold too. So these simple changes really help and you can joke about it. You can laugh about it um, as long as it aligns, you know, with your brand and and with your brand standards. It's a good call out. I'll throw it up on the screen again. Benjamin McCall. uh, Thanks for, thanks for the chat. He says, most orgs market ideals and ignore the potholes. Right? I think that's spot on. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, Shannon, anything you'd add to that? Well, I think sometimes too, it gets water, the message gets watered down. So when we start to uncover what really makes you, your organization unique and what makes you, what makes a Trader Joe's different than an Aldi, which is different than uh, Whole Foods, which is different than a Wegmans, right? They're all grocery stores. They all kind of come to the the grocery store platform with the same sort of offerings, but they found their way to differentiate. So organizations too have that ability to come and, and share what's different. But then when we start to build out the messaging and the marketing platform, a lot of voices start to come into play too. And 
this is what I think, this is what I think. And then all, sometimes a challenge can be not only marketing the ideals, ignoring mm-hmm. the purpose, but then we're also watering down what we heard or we uncovered is truly unique and special. Yeah. Well, I love that. I think I love the grocery store analogy piece. I know you could slice that 10 different ways, but I think, I think you're spot on. Um, so, so I'm going to ask you both, you can, you can do this one together. Uh, normally at the end of each show, we sort of wrap up and we ask everybody if they were going to write a book, uh, about the state of things. Uh, what would the title of that book? You can co-author it or you can write it yourself. <laughs> uh, but this concept of marketing the, the genuine employee experience, which I just adore. And I think that is the right direction to go in. And it is, it's, it's a, it's, it's all, it's so easy to say, but there's just a tremendous amount of work that's behind it. And it's more than just slapping a budget and finding some partners. It really is about digging in and take some time. Um, mm-hmm. So, so, if you're going to write a book about this state uh, of marketing the employee experience, you're going to write a book. What, what would you what would you title that book? I will take a stab first, Shannon, because I think this will make you laugh. I just finished reading the biography of Michael, of, uh, sorry, Matthew Perry, um, who played Chandler Bing on Friends. Yeah. And the title of his biography is Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. It's an amazing book. He has battled addiction for years. It's an awful disease. I encourage everybody to go read it. I bought it at my local Costco, speaking of grocery and different grocery experience. <laughs> um, but I think it like aptly describes what we're talking about, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, yes, you you want to work somewhere that you've got a lot of friends. Yes, you want to love your job, but like don't bury the lead. Be super honest about whatever the messiness is your organization is going through because everybody's going through something, right? How many transformations, how many changes, how many bankruptcies, how many whatever. Own it. Be honest and invite people to be part of your story instead of trying to like bury it or, or hide it for sure. I Shannon, that. I don't know if you'd, you'd use the same title. <laughs> um, so the sign here behind me says work hard and be nice to people. And then one of my mantras for work and how I like to approach work is be hard on the work, good to the people. And I think if you're in a transformation, if things are changing, if you're doing really difficult things, if you're if you're an organization that is um, you know, curing curing diseases, you're helping people, you're putting I don't know like just think of all the different industries and like the big big work that organizations are doing. Yeah. That's going to be challenging. You're going to want to be hard on the work because we have to deliver for the greater good in many instances, but we want to be good to the people um, along the way, the people that are with us today that chose us already and the people that we want to come join us. Shannon, I hope you lock that in. That might be one of the best titles. We've been, we're, we're on episode 360 something another, uh, and that might be one of the best titles. Be hard on the work, be good to the people. Like that's some... That's some a keynote speaker. Yeah. You do the whole keynote right around that piece right there. That'd be amazing. Well, so Shannon, with your epic book title, who, who are you going to give the first signed copy to? Uh, probably my kids. I love that. The, the next generation, like that's the next generation of our workforce. And as a working mom, I feel like my goal as a working mom is to raise good humans that are going to be productive in society. And so, yeah, I think I would give it to my girls. I love that. That's beautiful. Susan, how about you? What about your book? 
I'm just going to sit at the book signing and wait for Matthew Perry to show up. And when he does, I will give him my first signed copy. You know, you just have 10 more questions about Valerie Bertinelli. That is the real, that's what you want to ask. It is full, that book is full of fun facts. His, um, you know, his mom was the former chief of staff for Pierre Trudeau, the former prime minister of Canada. Crazy. Yeah, is it, yeah, it is It is kind of interesting. Plus, you know, he kind of stomped on Keanu Reeves, so he lost some points with me, but that's okay. He made it right. I didn't take it I didn't take it that way. We can save that debate for the next podcast. I have not read the book, full disclosure. Sorry, Matthew, I know you're listening. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, well, I want to thank you both so much. I'm a big fan uh, of just both of you, have known of and you directly for years and years and years, and you're doing just fantastic work. We're hearing good things coming out of folks who are touching the Exacquio uh, work and how you're sort of really, really leaning in. So thank you so much. I know you're super busy, but we're so grateful for your time today and for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. All right, really quickly before we let everybody go, I'm gonna put you two in the green room. Don't go away. Uh, hang out in there really quickly. I just want to remind some folks, uh, as I did mention, Jerry said Empower HR, uh, where he is in Phoenix, uh, rocking some uh, some sessions and of course, some uh, round tables. So it's awfully exciting. We're excited to be part of that with the HR.com crew. Uh, we got a couple of things coming up for you. If you are a member, we have a CXR lecture. It's called Closing the Gender Gap in Tech. We're bringing back uh, Antonia Forster, one of my favorite speakers for these. We do these monthly lectures. If you've not seen them, we bring them in from around the world and uh, this individual crushes it. So I highly recommend check that out. That's going to be May 18th. It is right around the corner. Uh, we've got our in-person talent operations meeting that's coming up the 22nd to 24th. Uh, it might be too late to register, but hit us up if you want to. We might be able to make it happen, but we're getting pretty close to the dates. I think the hotel rooms and all that good stuff are booked up. Uh, and then we've got a couple of things in June that are around the corner. So check it out. You can see all the stuff that's out there at cxr.org slash events where you can find all of that information. And we are going to see you next week. We do this weekly. We hope you'll join us. Uh, don't forget cxr.org slash podcast. Thanks for jumping in, everybody. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time.